Stay tuned for The Turning Point with Mike Fader. This is Mike Fader on um, <clears throat> PRN FM, PRN.FM, Progressive Radio Network. Uh, I want to remind you all before we start talking about our subject today and to our guests that um, I uh, have a blog. It's on FaderFiles.com, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S.com, FaderFiles.com, the latest uh, article I wrote was about uh, Trump and fascism and uh, a strong leader, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. It's not always political, these articles, but the latest one is. And uh, so check it out and comment if you're, uh, if you're uh, of a mind to. Also, anything you hear on this program, I'd be, uh, you know, very happy to hear your comments. Uh, and I could pass them on to the guests or I could just reply myself. 
And again, if you want to contact me, uh, just go to FaderFiles, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S dot com. Um, since Justice Scalia died, um, which is, I don't know, is it a week now? Uh, the the reverberations, uh, political and cultural and everything else, uh, has to do with law, precedent, culture, society, politics. It's extraordinary. It's so complex. And especially focusing in on these primaries and this election coming up. And uh, we're going to talk today mostly about Scalia and uh, his effect on the country and uh, the uh, strong effects he's leaving after he died. Uh, we have with us Stephen Rosenfeld. Are you there? Hello? Do we have our guest? Looks like we're having a little trouble. Uh... Do we have our guest? I'm here. Yeah. Oh, hi. Um, Stephen, hi. Rosef Stephen Rosefeld is with us, and he's... Um, he covers national pol political issues for alternate, including America's retirement crisis, democracy and voting rights, and campaigns and elections. And he's the author of Count My Vote, A Citizen's Guide to Voting. Um, so, but you were, before we start, you were in Nevada for the last few days, right? Yeah, that's right. I was there. I was running around Las Vegas. I was with the Bernie people. I was with the Hillary people. It was I was with the visiting um, people from out of town. It was really fascinating to, to see it in person. You know, not just read about it and watch it on TV, but really feel what's going on and feel the energy. It was it was really something to behold. In in the Times, which is generally what I read, it used to be the uh, the paper of record. Now I don't really. I have trouble believing almost anything I read in there, especially since I noticed that uh, they are actually working for Hillary Clinton. It's like it's like they're they are pre like her press agent. So I mean, now I'm really so put off by them completely. But I still get my facts from there and from other places. But uh, you know, they summed up the percentage of the votes. They said what constituency voted for her and did not vote and voted for Sanders. Yeah, you know, I was in some of the same rooms as some of those same reporters. And I can give you a slightly different flavor. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good for a change. <laughs> if you'd like to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, first of all, these caucuses are run like, like a, they're privately run events. Hmm. They really do not rise to the level of full disclosure in terms of, um, you know, the, the vote. So they don't. In, so, so just like Iowa in Nevada, they did not tell you the raw number of people who voted for each of the candidates. They have a an al a delegate allocation formula to the next stage, which goes from like you have these local precincts, and you have county precincts, and you have a state convention, and then you finally have delegates to the national convention. Mm -hmm. So what you've got is you you just got percentages and. Um, and you really, they don't break it down. You know, the media does some exit polling, entrance polling. That's where, you know, Bernie was said to have had stronger, um, you know, a stronger support amongst Latinos. But then the Hillary people have come out and said, no, 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 no. You know, so what you end up fighting about fighting, fighting about the, the fine points of all this stuff. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying here is you go to these places and you, when it's really close, you really don't know how close. <laughs> yeah. Now, and so, so, so I'm in Las Vegas and I am seeing, um, I am seeing, you know, lots of lots of union people split 
you know, it, there were more people there for Hillary, but Bill, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton were, they were walking through the hotels and walking into um, all these like these these meeting rooms and everything like that. And you know, when the pre- when the president comes, I was at the at New York, New York, one of six casino sites. When mm-hmm. when Bill Clinton walks into a, a an employee lounge, it's not the same as, as Chewy Garcia, who ran for, for for mayor of Chicago. No. <laughs> And then you and and you know and then you, you you have them pulling off pulling people like you know trying to grab people who are employees working on the floor, and you know and the Bernie people have never seen anybody do that before. And all of a sudden you get ten more people, you get fifteen more people at the very last minute. Now that's what was described in the New York Times, but I didn't in, in, in New York, New York. But I um I was in the caucus room, and until like just the very end, it seemed like it was really pretty tight, fifty fifty. And I could tell you honestly, um. That you know, there there were some people who were you know more conservative. They, they were more from like mainstream. They're, they're used to working in bigger organizations. These mm-hmm. hotels are massive. They're just these giant corporations, and and not everybody is unionized there. And people are they have very segmented roles. And and you have people who have worked in these hotels for um, for decades. And I could see some of them. You know, very easily going. You know, I understand why they were supportive of Hillary. Mm-hmm. I can also tell you why they were supportive of Bernie. They're supportive of Hillary because they think, since they work in such big systems, that nothing, nothing. It takes a lot of work to get things to work right. And when she talks about just t- tuning it up here, or tuning it up there, or moving things along a little bit, that that sounds very pragmatic. Mm-hmm. But and but you know, now. You know, and, and people will, will say, "Oh, Nevada is such a conservative state." This, that, and the other. Every single one of these, every, everybody I talked to, they were all in sync with Bernie's issues. They were in sync with health care. They were in sync with, with education. They were in sync with equality. They were in sync with, with you know, just what you would totally expect, what you've seen resonate. Um, and then on the Bernie side, um, which, what, what you you had people who just are hoping for more. And they are a little more idealistic, and they're a little more independent-minded. Mm-hmm. And um, so, for example, you, you know, the, the people who were the um, the people who were the, the, the precinct captains—they were bartenders. They were they were people who like run. They, they they sort of you know are in charge of the makeup at some of like the big shows. Mm-hmm. Just a little more, you know. And they're and it's not just that they skew younger, but they but they, in, but in general, but. And you know, at these casinos, it's just generally an older working crowd. So what I'm saying here is that, um, you know, and, and and you have people, and they have a different kind of passion if, that, than than some of the Hillary people. But but in general, I know this is going to sound crazy. When I hear Bernie and Hillary giving their speeches, mm-hmm. I think they are as robotic as Marco Rubio. I mean, I am. I know. I know. I at am, this point, I, I, yeah. I am. I'm. I'm really not that impressed. I mean, you know. And I think it's because it's so grueling. I mean, it's just you know every day fly to another state, do do six events, you know, ten, or you know three of which are public, maybe maybe five or ten events that are not, and it, it's it's like a marathon that just wears you so far down, and you go into this sort of like a trance, right? Yeah, and yeah. and 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 I and both campaigns treat their supporters really poorly. How, I mean, well, how do you mean I, that? I'll tell you what I mean by this. And, and I just think this, you know, like, like the Friday night, you know, Bernie has the final rally. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, like, you know, people waited three hours to hear him speak. Now, they had a place to sit. Right. So I was told was, oh, that's great, because we used to have to stand for hours. Hillary, the night before, she's, she's two hours late. People are standing in a cold parking lot. They're bringing their kids. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, hmm. and, 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 and then you get up there and you talk about, like, you know, we hear the pain of the working class. <laughs> 
well, you know, I'm not making this up. Those, these are like the phrases that they use. So, you know, I know campaigns are rough, but it's like this, you know, you wonder, why is turnout? Why was turnout, you know, 80,000 in, in Nevada compared to 117, you know, eight years ago with Clinton-Obama? Why, well, why, why was it so, so low? Well, it's really, really strange. It did not feel like there was an election there when you were out in public. Hmm. You, you almost saw it. Yes, there were advertisements on TV, but you almost you know, like very few billboards. There were very few bumper stickers. There were very few posters. Now, on the Las Vegas Strip, you know, it's, it's like a shopping mall. It's private. You, you know, you're not allowed to, uh, you know, buy right. stuff. But, but what I'm saying here is, um, which I think that, uh, you know, I really want, want to get the people who were working and drawn to both of these campaigns for different reasons are the most inspiring part of this by mm. far. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, and I can understand, you know, and it's really wrong. You know, we get people on our website and they say, oh, these people in Nevada, another conservative state, we move on, you know, the revolution continues. You know, mm-hmm. these people, that's a put down. And I don't think that's fair because, even, because you know, these people who are like, you know, like these, these union folks, um, you know, it, it, they're, they have to put up with so much garbage, you know, and so much foolish behavior. And, mm-hmm. and they, you know, and they have to like, you know, just try to be so gracious and make these things work. And, and it's, it's a poor state. And they just want to, you know, they just want, you know, the simplest things to be a little bit easier. And, you know, and the Bernie people are, they're younger and they, you know, they, they, in general, and they, you know, they're more, a little more idealistic. But you know, how how different is it for a twenty-five-year-old who's paying, you know, going through community college and working at a, you know, at a strip restaurant that doesn't offer him health care, mm-hmm. who wants it for Bernie, from somebody who's fifty-five-year-old who's been work, who's been like, you know, who's who's part of the, the CWA union, and and they have health. It's like they're not that far apart. Right. And um, the other thing is. You know, there, I, the only other thing I would tell you about this is is that um, the, the vibe I get from people is that the Hillary campaign is not, they are not running they, they they have not recruited the best people from Obama's campaign to run the show, mm-hmm. and it's and it really feels like it's you know it feels like it's like a another tour of the Who, the, you know they're all it's, it's like you know it's the, you know there's surrogates and all their people. For the most part, it's like it's like a it's like a rerun of like the, you know the Bill Clinton years. Yeah, and, and and I know that people who worked on Obama's campaign who then went to work for the DNC are saying these people are just they never they never forget a grudge, and and even though Hillary's out there talking you know and saying we're going to try to do this stuff for the young people, you know you'll come to us, mm-hmm. you know most of the younger people and all that kind of energy, you know the the, the people that and, and the, the sort of skill set and mindset that really powered you know Obama. It's all on the Bernie side, oh, and, wow. and it was shocking. To, it was shocking to behold this, really, because I mean, you know, here again, you know, she 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 wins by a little bit. I mean, this was a big loss for Bernie. I know people are saying, "Oh, the revolution continues," and blah blah blah. But listen, right. if he had won, he would have, you know, he would have raised ten million dollars by now. Mm-hmm. And 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 I I know some people on this campaign because I used to be a Vermont reporter, and you know. They're not going to do so well on Super Tuesday, no. and they think that their best chances. I mean, they told this to me. Their best chances to come back and win some midwestern states, some of these big industrial states. After that, mm-hmm. and you know, they need 
they're going to have to raise tens of millions of dollars. They have to raise, you know, ten or twenty million dollars to get that far. Well, when, so so if if somebody uh, loses, uh, well, you know, whatever it's, if somebody comes out second or loses even by a couple of percentage points, as much as you can measure that in the primary, then it immediately yeah. affects or caucus. It immediately affects uh, fundraising, right? Well, you know, what it does is everybody, you know, it's, this thing is so emotional, and things lurch from, like, you know, one notch to another. And really, you know, when, if you follow these campaigns, you know, it really feels like you're just jumping from one orbit to the next, to the next, to the next. And, and at each step along the way, the stakes get higher and higher. And, you know, I know that I, I just, I, I, you know, they rented this, this arena, mm-hmm. You know, for the Friday night, this is the Bernie people, for the Friday night, you know, get out the vote rally. And they rented it again on Saturday, thinking, you know, maybe they'll just have, like, you know, a giant victory thing there. And, you know, you could probably find pictures of it online. You know, it, it, you know there, there, were, there were maybe 500 people there Uh-oh. in a place, you know, instead of, you know, for Bernie, just, you know, just, and, and, and the press. You know, when they, if they had won, it would have been 5,000. <laughs> so was are there any? I mean, I mean, I did, I did want to talk about your article yep, yep. about Scalia and oh, yep, his effect, but uh, and I know there's so much to talk about when you go out and you cover something personally. Um, I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe we can uh, we can pick this up again at another time. But maybe yeah, also sure. we should. I'm, I'm happy to switch over to Scalia. And, yeah. and this is the thing. This is you know. But I'm a, one less one less question yeah. though. I mean, I know you know it doesn't really cover your experiences out there. I mean, you could probably write you know a book about what you saw, but. Uh, so what conclusions can people make? I mean, are there any conclusions to be made uh, or predictions based on what happened out there between the two of them? Well, Hillary's campaign is just barely getting by. Hmm. It really needs to up its game if it's going to win. You know, the Bernie people are doing, you know, they are, they are very solid. And, you know, these campaigns are, you know, there's nothing smooth about them. But they are doing, you know, there's a reason why they keep doing better than expected. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if they can keep raising money, they, they will be able to continue. And, um, boy, I, you know, what, what, what's, what is the takeaway? You know, you, you know they're, they're looking, they're not looking to do, they don't, they don't think they're going to do that well on Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But they're hoping they can come back with these Midwestern states after that. And that's where, and, you know, and that's when things will sort of turn around again. So that, and... Um, you know, and, and the party is really split. It is really, really split. And you hear it all the time. And, um, right. you know, that, and, you know, I, and, you know, if there was a way that both of these sides could come together, you know, that would be the strongest possible thing in the fall. Because, you know, well, that would, <clears throat> yeah, that would be the, that would be their job to, to try to get together on there. But, uh, I mean, it's, um, Although it isn't as bitter as the other side, still they yeah. are really very far away from each other. And his but, but the rumor on the other side is that is you know is 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 a, is a right now is like they're trying to you know some people are trying to push a Kasich Rubio ticket, mm-hmm. you know because it's like that knocks Trump out and you got gives you Florida and Ohio and if, you know were that to be the case that that this is like speculation on speculation on speculation, but well, you know that's very formidable. So, <clears> you know. Well, let's. Uh, you did write an article recently on how Scalia's death could upend uh, the presidential election and spark the biggest political battle of our time. This is uh, Stephen Rosenfeld we're talking to, who covers national political issues for Alternet. Um, you know, there's really never enough time to do these kinds of things. Um, but um, the effect on the election, I mean, the, uh, the effect on the country is uh, massive. You know what I mean? You're going to wind up with. Uh, 
Well, a lot of people assume you wind up with four four votes unless because that you know assumes that Kennedy is going to vote with the. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, so with the liberals, so, I don't know if that's true yeah, or not. It's going to be case by case. Right. It could be. Fi- and, it could what be. happens is if you have a four. If what happens is if, if there's a four four split, basically it reverts back to the, the last decision um, that, that that comes before this, which is the court of appeals or the presidential executive order or something. Yeah, well, whatever it was, that's exactly right. Because what happens is you have um, you have you have these executive orders or you know or rules that come out of government. They get challenged in federal court, and and um, and if they're on a fast track up to the Supreme Court, you know whatever it was the last step step of the way. So I'll give you an example. The, the just before Scalia passed, um, Obama, you know, the Republicans were challenging Obama's you know EPA right. his latest his latest you know climate change regulations, and. Um, there was a, a lower court said put, the, the Supreme Court issued a stay, which is very unusual, which means it suspended them. And then, of course, some of the right wing governors in Wisconsin and, and Michigan they said, "Okay, we're not going to we're not going to implement any of these things. We're going to stop all that." You know, Scott, you know, Scott Walker and Rick mm-hmm. Snyder. Okay, so so um, th- there's going that was that is scheduled for an, a hearing in, in this in this one in this one D.C. circuit where there are three judges, two of which are appointed by Obama, and that hearing is going to be in June. And, it, and people are, are, are suggesting that it's, that court is likely to uphold those regs. So the thing is, then, then it, that, and if it goes from there to the Supreme Court after that, um, it would, you know, the Supreme Court would just, it would, wouldn't be able to take any action if it, if it ties 4-4. Right. You know, so, and so, so, that, so the thing about that is that's like one example of something that is just so, so major. And in, in terms of affecting our economy and affecting our future, and 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 you, you go through every single issue area. Like there's affirmative it, action, uh, uh, abortion. Yeah. There, there isn't anything. Uh, I mean, there, this this was supposed to be a very very big year. A blow, this was supposed to be a blowout year for conservatives on the court. Mm-hmm. They they were going to basically go back and and and. and and, and, and knock down affirmative action in university admissions. They were going to try to finally do this thing where they, if they couldn't do it, the ballot box starting in California, which was basically strike down this um, this requirement. You know that if you're in a union, you pay union right. dues. Mandatory um, dues. You know the, the same right wing law group that put that forth, putting forth this thing in, in Texas where, for the purposes of counting people in, in for, for representation in political districts, they, they want to change. <laughs> they want they, they, they want to change the one person one vote formula, and this is such classic Republican nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if, you know if we can't win, we'll change the rules so we win, and 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 and, and it goes on. and then you know you, you've got other, so well, maybe maybe Scalia would have liked that if he's an originalist and he wants to go back to the original Constitution. It was never one person one vote for anybody black. Well, the thing is, yeah, but the thing, yeah, but the thing about this is like, you know, is that you know so, so you go through this, and what you have is. You know, you have the you have the executive orders on undocumented undocumented immigrants. Right. You have these voting rights cases that you know of, of which that's just that that one person one vote is just like a fraction of like a spectrum of all this voter suppression nonsense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it affects the voting rights and political representation you know, representation of, of communities of color. You have Texas trying to shut down you know the last few remaining you know clinics where, where, where women can get abortion. Right. It, you know, and and then you have climate change, and then you have these you know university admissions and race, and so you have all these things where that you know the conservatives thought that they were going to you know knock it out of the park you know on their side, right? And then so and so Scalia Scalia passes, these things are thrown into limbo, 
it, and and so every, so it it wouldn't be fair to say that this only affects Democrats because there are obviously there are lots of Republicans and there are lots of business interests that are taking the opposing side, but but every major stretch you know slice of the Democratic Party in terms of its constituencies. You know, is 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 there, you know is very viscerally and emotionally uh, you know tied to you know the, these these issues. Now, what the thing is, you're saying Scalia was an originalist, which is this this you know this this is this this is a wonderful fanciful right wing construction that oh yeah we'll just follow what we think it was as I see it you know <laughs> you know yeah. you know you know in the 1780s. I mean you know. Without getting lost, the thing is this: Mitch McConnell, who is you know the Senate Majority Leader, is he is one of the most he is one of the most principleless political insiders who is just addicted to power and winning at all costs that I've just about ever seen. Hmm. I mean, I remember interviewing him in the 1990s when I was an NPR reporter, and he said, oh, money and politics. We we don't want any regulations. As long as everything is disclosed, everything will just be fine. We'll let the people know, and then they can decide. Well, you know, now that the Republican Party, big donors, don't like to have their names attached to anything in public so they can throw mud and not suffer, you know, the consequences of Mm -hmm. standing by what they believe because they're Howard's, he's like, oh, we can't have disclosure, you know. So he is like, you know, you go down the line on, you know, he was the guy who said, you know, as soon as Obama was elected, you know, with a landslide, well, we're, we're not going to do anything, right? We're not going to do anything, and you know, and we just knock him down, knock him down, knock him down. So, so he feels like, you know, here the, the great originalist, you know, the literal interpretation of the Constitution. So he feels that that you know we can just ignore article 2 which says the president <laughs> appoints and the you know and the senate you know the senate you know has to consent i think that there's some i think i mean but then you get a guy like grassley who originally who's the head of the judiciary committee yeah. chairman and the uh, the the chairman of these committees have tremendous power i mean i'm in the midst of or almost finished reading robert caro's book on lyndon johnson books i should say yeah and the chairmanship of uh, of a senate committee is extraordinary. The power is extraordinary. And if Grassley is wavering and he wants to, you know, devote himself to some principles and to follow this, I mean, right now you're talking about almost a year would go by if they, you know, shut down hearings or delayed them or found some nonsense reason to reject anybody. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. And, and already they already there's a, a crisis in the courts, which Roberts has pointed out, because of the Republicans have not uh, had hearings or appointed anybody in the appeals Listen, courts. You know, I, I, I got to tell you something. This is one of the most underappreciated aspects of, of, you know, from the public of understanding, you know, where the power lies and how it works. There are po- people don't understand the power of judges, of federal judges, mm-hmm. and, and people don't understand how bad judges can really wreck things for a super, super, super long time. And this is why, you know, the, the Republicans have for years have been, have been not acting on Obama's appointees. And it's, you know, it's, it's not just ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what the right word is. It, it's, you know, I think it co- comes close to almost criminal. Yeah, yeah, it's really abhorrent. Because, you know, well, the thing, of, you know, it used to be that, you know, I, maybe I'm showing my age. It used to be that you know you you, you you have a political debate, you let the public decide, you accept the results, and if you lose, you try again the next time. 
and you know, and you go on. Right. And, and these guys, they don't believe in that anymore. No. They, they believe in base, and you, this, this is the epitome of this. They believe in rigging the rules so that they can get the outcome they want. And um, so, so the notion, I mean, you know, this. The, the, I would think that the closest thing that this reminds me of is the Bush v. Gore case. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of the stakes. You know, the stakes for the nation's future. And um, now, you know, what in which sca- in which Scalia was active. You know? Oh, oh my God! Yes, <laughs> Scalia used to brag, you know, in these speeches, you know, that, you know, so, so I, I, okay, we're, okay, we're watching elections now in caucuses and state by state, mm-hmm. and then it's not exactly a uniform process, right? Right. We're seeing how, like, you have lots of volunteers, it's all kinds of, you know, bumps along the way, you need to win by not just a little bit, but by a lot, so you can be sure that you won it all, right? So they're having a recount in Florida in 2000. And the Republicans create this argument that because um, the process varies from county to county, and of course it's going to vary a little bit because you've got poll workers. You don't have trained staff. You don't have robots. They claim that it's equal, that your rights to equal treatment under the law have been violated. And therefore you have to stop the recount. I mean, this is just like a, this is just like this, the most, you know, unattached to the real world, you know, way things work and, you know, view. And then he, and then Scalia, like, you know, the, like the smug jerk that he is, tells everybody, and he says this, he said this in speeches, get over it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I heard that comment. I mean, he's really, he's really extraordinary. Um, but, but, you know, so, but, but the, thing, the thing, one question I have about where this really goes to is this, and maybe you've heard something about this, um, 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 is, 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 yeah. Okay. So, so here, one, one thing. One, one thing we've heard. We, we, you've heard, of course, that um, that that Cruz said he would come back and, and filibuster any kind of nominee. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, well, well check this out. Uh, you know, there, there is somebody else who is in the Senate who I'm not sure what he is going to do. And I'm wondering how he will use this to possibly help his campaign. And that's Bernie Sanders. Oh, right. Yeah. So what was I, I wonder what I, his... I, uh, I, yeah. I, so, you know, so, so, so what, I, I don't know. I mean, have you heard any? I mean, I, it's just, it's just, it just kind of, it just, you know, it just occurs to me that, you know, you know, you have a, you have a presidential candidate who is also a senator. Hmm. And how is that going to, you know, so maybe that, maybe that will be an interesting thing. See, well, there's a, we don't know how soon that may be. But, but uh, all of this, uh, I mean, how how the, each uh, candidate, or now in the primaries, uh, each uh, contestant for the nomination, and then ultimately how uh, each nominee, but uh, between now and June, uh, how, would he, how is Scalia's death going to affect the way that, uh, that people turn out for elections? In other words, people, uh, the court becomes... Almost like the uh, the ultimate issue now. It becomes the the most profound issue. Who's going to well, report, it, you know? It, it it really. I think it goes state by state. And and, and, the way, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, the way the Supreme Court season works is they 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 they, they hear cases and then they tend to issue decisions starting with like the most, you know, like arcane is not the right word, but like the most you know technical. And they leave the most political and high-profile ones to the very, very end, and that's usually you know mid mid to late June. Right. 
So we're not going to hear about a bunch of things, but 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 you know, but 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 as people as the candidates go from state to state, you know, they'll they'll will try to emphasize different things to to you know to try to you know appeal to people, you know, who 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 are there. Um, I, I you know I I, I think that um. You know, I, I, and it's going to obviously it, it varies on the Republicans and on the Democratic side. I mean, I, you know, I don't think we're going to hear much about. Well, I don't. I just don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know what Hillary's going to say. That's going to be different in South Carolina. That's going to be that. that that's that, that's going to be different in Nevada. I don't know what she's going to say. That's going to be different in Texas. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the, the next the next week after that. Um, you know, they like I said, the, the speeches I've heard from most of these folks tend to be just. You know, they're very robotic. Well, there's other issues, too, in terms of elections. I mean, uh, this is a, a year when there are 24 Republican incumbents uh, yeah. whose seats are up. So, in other words, it affects who the, the control of the Senate. His death affects the control of the Senate in a way. Yeah, and that's, you know, that, you know the, the Democrats have a better chance to do well in that department now than they've had in, in many years. And, um, and there, there are ways this can play out. I mean, if, if, if Mitch McConnell and the Republicans decide to, like, you know, go down fighting and they don't, and they don't appoint, you know, they don't allow, maybe they allow hearings to happen, but they don't allow a vote to happen. That's just got to be look, that's got to look bad to so many people. Mm. Well, yeah, but the, but, but the thing is, it, it, it plays both ways because mm. it, it, it could, you know, they could use it to try to turn out their base. And, I see. You know, the, you know their, their rhetoric, they, you know, I, I mean... To say that they are, you know, fear-inspired and hate-filled, and just and just you know just so, while pretending that you know that that that, that they know how to make everything so great, it's you know it's it's it just you know they can they can, they they can drum up their use this to drum up their base, you know you know it's. So it's and, a, it, it, there's no way of predicting it. I mean, uh, no, but, but but there is a curious there is a quirk in the calendar. Mm-hmm. Political calendar that, if it goes that far, is it's worth noting. Which is that, let's say the Republicans block Obama mm-hmm. and they go down fighting and they don't allow a, you know a vote or you know or hearing to be held before election day. Right. And let's say the Democrats win back the Senate. The next senator Senate term begins you know with them being sworn in in early January. Hmm. Well, Obama doesn't leave office until late January because that's when the inauguration is. Right. So it very well could be, you know, that you know that there is a possibility, you know, based on the way the calendar works, that if they, if they you know, if it came down to this, you know, Obama's nominee could be and it could be confirmed by a new Senate de- Democratic Senate majority right. in January if it came down to that. I mean, the other thing he could do is Obama could make a recess appointment. And and Justice Brennan, you know, my my great hero. Well, yeah. he start he started as a recess appointment. Hmm. Interesting. Now, you know that, but but the thing here is, if you, if you do something like that, you know, well, it, that that'll back that would backfire for sure. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm, that, that's the point. So 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 the thing what I'm saying here is is, is you know the, the pendulum can really swing either way. I'm afraid of that Obama. I mean, he's such a compromiser, and he's so cautious to the point where he's almost ineffective in a lot of ways sometimes, and and he's diluted so many things. Although people, I mean, what do I know? I'm not the president. I don't have to deal with Congress, and they've blocked him in so many ways. But he's a cautious person who tries to 
you know, play both sides and tries to get people to go along. But, I mean, I'm afraid that he might just appoint somebody who is, uh, I mean, because he thinks it would look bad for the Republicans, but also because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Just appoint somebody who's completely moderate, who could go either way. I mean, maybe that's a fair thing to do. But uh, with this reign of terror that the conservatives have had for so long, and that have, you know, so all these decisions they've made for so long have, a, have caused people's lives to be miserable in the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands, you know, somebody like Scalia. I mean, you can, there's no point yes, in going down the list. I mean, absolutely. I mean, this, I mean absolutely. this thing about the, the, uh, the um, possession of guns in Washington, D.C. I, mean, I was just about to say that that's the most. That's like ridiculous. consigning people to be murdered, you know. That's Scalia. Well, it's know. really true. I mean, the, 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 you know, that, you know, your listeners might think, "Oh, that's so inflammatory," but it's not no. inflammatory no. because the facts are, you know, when people are emotional and they're having fights, so they get, you know, they grab at whatever is closest. Is it a rock? Is it a knife? Is it a gun? Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, nowhere, nowhere in the Second Amendment, if you know the history of the Second Amendment, right. if you really know the history of the Second Amendment. You know, it wasn't about the right for a handgun at home. I mean, the Second Amendment was was designed for two things. Most people know that it was designed to, 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 so that you could have some opposition to what would like the standing armies of Europe, right. you know, re- recurring here. The second thing it was designed for was to go after slaves mm-hmm. in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, because there, you know, it was it gave the white property owners the power. You know, you know, to you know to go you know to, to go after slaves and go after Native Americans. And that's what it was. I mean, and there's Scalia know, for you. Yeah. And that's you know th- th- that, that yeah. So I mean, so 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 this notion of being an originalist, it's just it's just such a it's just <clears throat> a vain, fanciful fabrication. So, so who do you? I mean, so Obama is going to proceed with a nomination. There's no way yeah. he's not going to do that because that he would look bad. Yeah. Yes, right. Okay. And politically, it would be uh, absurd for the Democrats if he didn't proceed with the nomination. Probably no, he, said the, he would. Yeah, the sooner the better. But I mean, I'm just afraid it's going to be somebody so moderate or maybe even, you know, so that he thinks would even appeal. Well, to, you know, to, the thing to, about to, it, the, yeah. the, you read the law blogs, it's everybody's favorite guessing game. And, and what people are, seem to be saying are factors like this. They seem to be saying, oh, there's that fellow, he's, he's uh, you know, in, in Indian-American, Indian yeah. in, you know, on the Court of Appeals in Washington, D.C., and he was approved by the Senate, you know, like, you know, 90 to whatever, you know, so how are these guys going to vote against him now? And or they're going to, you know, so, so you, have, you have people that are sort of like that. And then you have some of the people that are out here who have taken themselves out, I'm in California, you know, who have taken themselves out of the running. Because, like this one woman, she's the Attorney General of California. Right. Uh, she's running for U.S. Senate. You know, she's, she's just way too liberal. And she knows it. And, you know, she's running for Senate. She doesn't want to, you know, be stuck in that weird limbo. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so, you know, it's hard to really say, except there are these factors that, 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 that seem to be, you know, political. Like, you know, who... Who doesn't have a super long track record? Who was appoint, you know, appointed with ninety percent, you know, support to make them look bad? You know, you know, who's who? Who graduated from Stanford or Harvard? They always seem to like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Well, we'll see when we see. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just, uh, <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting thing to see how this people running for the Senate and. Uh, People running for the House and how the two uh, ultimate and how the remaining, uh, you know, candidates for the nomination, uh, how they all play. I mean, the Republicans all, you know, there's nobody there that would even dare say, yes, it's uh, it's constitutional. It's fair that uh, the president gets to do this. So we're just talking about um, 
talking about how the uh, how the electorate will react, you know, in terms of uh, how many people will be pulled out, how many people will be turned out, because uh, it's it's such an extraordinary thing that this that this uh, this this next appointment could have uh, you know such an incredible effect on generations of people to come. Well, mm-hmm. I, you know, the truth of the matter is, it's it's going to it's you know, depending on your how old you are. I mean, I'm in my mid fifties. Mm-hmm. This is going to really set the tone for, you know, you know, probably most of the rest of my life. Right. Because, because the last time the court swung, it was, it, 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 it's, it's been decades since mm-hmm. it's been, mm-hmm. um, you know, what you would call like, you know, a, 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 and it's not like it's going to be such a solid block all the time, but no, you know, it's like not. A, a more like liberally inclined majority. So, um, so yeah, so it really, really, really is a big deal because if you, you know, if you listen to these Republicans today, and, and this goes back to what well, I was let, let, me, let me interrupt you. Yeah. I should say that we have another guest scheduled. And, yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. I don't want to, yeah. No, that's I'll, all right. And I, I'll you just know. wrap this up. You know, if you listen to these Republicans today, you know, they want to roll back the clock in every category, mm-hmm. every category. You know, t- pick an issue. And, you know, and, and this goes right back to where we started, which is like, you know, what happened in Nevada with Hillary and Bernie? And, you know, people are so... They're, they're so inspired, to, to, you know, that, you know they're, they're, they're hearing Cam Bernie talk about things they believe their whole lives. And then they look at Hillary and they think, God, you know, we, you know, we, we, just, want to, we just don't want the clock to go back. At least she has some experience you know, mm-hmm. fighting these, these jerks. And at least she knows, like, where the gears of government are and how to make them turn. And, and you know, and that's where we go. Mm-hmm. That's what, that, so, that's, it's, it's, so that's why all this is so important and why this really is you know, it is going to all come together in, like, you know, one of the biggest political battles of our time. Yeah, well, um, yeah, it's it's absolutely fa- I mean, even for people who have gotten disappointed and almost cynical about the political process, this one is uh, really drawing me in. <laughs> so uh, uh, we've been talking with uh, – thanks for coming on, Stephen. Sure, sir. And uh, this is Stephen Rosenfeld, and he covers national political issues for Alternate. If you if you want to read his articles, which are always uh, well researched and fascinating and uh, knowledgeable, um, go to Alternate and uh, sign up for a subscription. They'll let you know what's new every day. And it's Stephen Rosenfeld, R O S E N F E L D. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. Okay, thanks for getting up. Thanks for getting up so early. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, uh, we have another guest here, uh, also who has uh, written about um, um, uh, Judge uh, Scalia and his death, and um, that is uh, Michael Lerner, and he's the editor-in-chief of Tikkun Magazine, that's T-I-K-K-U-N Magazine, and author of a national best-selling book, The Left Hand of God, Taking Our Country Back from the Religious Right. Uh, um, sorry we're starting so late, but uh, we got off... Uh, in a strange way with our first guest. Um, Tikkun Magazine is what? Can you describe that? Yes. It's, um, Am I it saying it right? As a, uh, first of all, good morning. Hi. Yeah, hi. Uh, it was started as a Jewish uh, um, liberal and progressive critique of, of culture, politics, and society. But uh, over the course of the past several decades, uh, we're about to celebrate our 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has become an interfaith voice as well, 
uh, and welcoming to secular humanists and atheists. It's it's not a religious magazine in that sense. It's uh, it's a it's a broad um, articulation of what we call a spiritual progressive vision of the world and. Mm. By spiritual here, we don't mean necessarily believing in God or in any woo-woo. What we mean is uh, all aspects of reality that cannot be subject to empirical verification or measurement. So that includes love, kindness, generosity, all of ethics and aesthetics. That's what we mean by spiritual. And so... Um, so what we're about is seeking a new bottom line in American society so that every institution, every uh, corporation, every government policy, our health care system, our education system, our legal system gets judged efficient, rational, and productive, not only to the extent that they maximize money or power, which is the old bottom line, but according to our new bottom line, uh, they should be judged efficient, rational, and productive to the extent that they maximize love and caring, kindness and generosity, environmental sanity, uh, enhance our capacity to respond to other human beings as embodiments of the sacred or as fundamentally valuable, and enhance our capacity to look at the, at the earth and the universe with awe and wonder and radical amazement at the grandeur of all that is, and not to look at it as simply a commodity that can be turned into something to be sold. Uh, well, um, I'm glad you're doing that because... <laughs> The majority of Americans are caught up in the other side of it, so it's good that you're uh, you're not you're not tilting at windmills. You're fighting a noble fight. So, uh, but uh, when we well, let's go back to Scalia, um, uh, you started out saying tens of millions of Americans. Uh, there was an article that uh, that uh, appeared in Tikkun. Uh, am I saying it right? I keep wondering if I'm, yes, Tikkun. Yes. It it's appeared it's in Tikkun. It's a Hebrew word that means to heal repair and transform the world. Okay. Uh, you start out saying uh, here, editors note, tens of millions of Americans would have been much better off had uh, Antonin Scalia never been appointed to the Supreme Court. And then you list the ways. I mean, you know, uh, basically him, uh, he and the, uh, the conservative majority just basically appointing George Bush as president and God knows what would happen if he hadn't been. And mm-hmm. uh, the Citizens United decision, uh, Second Amendment things having to do with gun possession in uh, Washington, D.C., which was uh, extraordinary uh, voting rights. Just, uh, and you say his impact on our society was overwhelmingly, though not exclusively, hurtful to the poor and the powerless and also to the rest of us, too, believe me. And here's a paragraph that interests me. Uh, you say, just last week, he helped paralyze President Obama's rather weak effort to put some controls on environmentally destructive emissions. I think that stayed, so it might wind up being reheard or reargued. Mm-hmm. Um, the pouring out, uh, here's what here's really interested me, the pouring out of pious praise of this man in the ethically lamestream, I thought lamestream was something that uh, Sarah Palin had a patent on, but uh, all right. The pouring out of... Even Sarah Palin occasionally got, got something right. <laughs> well, <laughs> everybody about The lamestream media was okay. definitely... The, pour, uh, the, uh, right. the pouring out of pious praise of this man in the ethically lamestream media is sickening, and a tribute to the phoniness that goes for civility, in quotes, in the public sphere practiced by liberals, but rarely adhered to by the politically conservative elements of our society who rushed in to proclaim that they would not allow Obama to appoint a replacement even before Scalia was buried. And um, uh, this is sort of connected to one other paragraph you had here, and then maybe we can discuss this. Mm -hmm. You You say, 
don't expect um, uh, don't expect uh, that President Obama's likely appointee uh, <clears throat> will be uh, a liberal or a leftist or anything like that. He will likely be a centrist moderate rather than someone distinguished for his or her commitment to human rights, environmental sanity and economic justice for all. Though the right, when in power, has no hesitation to go for their own values rather than trying to appease the liberals, which is one reason why they've grown more powerful, because they at least will fight for what they believe in, while liberals too often appear to the rest of society as weak and liberal about their liberalism. So who can count on them when things get tough? This is an eternal argument between, uh, and one of the reasons why, in fact, the right has been so powerful and so controlling in so many ways uh, over decades now that they stick together with an uncompromising point of view, whereas just the very idea of being a liberal implies a certain um, compromising, you know, comprom compromise, <coughs> understanding the other side. The, uh, the right wing is not interested in understanding the other side or conciliating anything, and they often win with that point of view. Mm -hmm. um, and and also so the, and so that the idea of uh, liberals being almost just weak by nature because they you know they they they're willing to think things over reflect and maybe to give in a little bit and Obama sometimes is a bad example of that um, and then you say also this other thing that fascinates me is uh, the pouring out of pious praise of this man. Uh, a tribute uh, and a tribute to the phoniness. It's, it's sickening. It's a tribute to the phoniness that goes for civility in the public sphere and which liberals practice uh, much more than conservatives. In other words, the conservatives would have no hesitation if he was a, a liberal judge, Scalia, if a liberal judge, a famously liberal judge died, they would uh, not be praising him and say what a wonderful jurist he was and, you know, uh, an extraordinary human being. They would just be saying, you know, good, he's gone. Let's let's move on and get somebody that, that, that we want. But the liberals feel this need to do that. Why do they feel this need to be so civil and so and so decent? What What is the problem here? I mean, well, shouldn't we I, all speak well of the dead, you know? It's, I do think it's a problem of lack of conviction about their own convictions. Mm. Um, I, I don't think they're willing to. Um, hello? Yeah, we're, we're losing the signal hello? a little bit. Are you on a cell phone? Uh, I, I don't think they're willing to stand with their own liberalism and, and fight for it. And, um, mm. and it, that's a... Uh, a terrible, a terrible reality because um, uh, the other side is willing to stand for it, and that that gives them a great deal of credibility. And um, I I think that there is something in um, uh, at the heart of liberalism. Um, you've got a um, an idea of um, that is very good that other people deserve to be respected and cared for. But that is um, misunderstood by most liberals as meaning, and therefore you have to be um, accommodating to the views that you, that you find distasteful. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be. We ought to, but um, so many liberals fear, fear um, and particularly men in the, in the liberal and progressive world, um, they fear that they, because they have already um, come out for... Um, Love or uh, for for nonviolence for an end to wars, they feel that they've got to show that they're strong in some in some other 
you know, in some mm-hmm. other way. So they they um, they get focused on narrow, a very narrow, um, uh, hard what, what looks like hard um, uh, positions around a particular issue or the one issue or another issue. But they um, would that be, they're, would un- that... they're unable to articulate and stand for the fundamentals of their position. They they rarely put forward a worldview. Mm-hmm. And they're they're um, and so they and they often uh, collapse when when they're to- when they're challenged over the fundamentals of their position. And they say, well, you know, we're we're willing to compromise on this, that, or the other thing. When people want to know, well, yeah, where do you really stand? Where will you not compromise? And I mean, we have we have the compromiser in chief as as president right now. That's right. That's right. And and um, and so. So when the right comes along and says, "Hey, these people will um, will sell you out. They don't have a backbone," it certainly looks like that's true. And let me just say that it's not just Obama. The um, the 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 Senate that confirmed um, Scalia and and Roberts and I mean some of the the, the uh, and Thomas and the, the reactionaries who are on that court, mm-hmm. they were Democratic uh, Democratic senates. Mm-hmm. It was democratically controlled senates that that confirmed some of the most reactionary people that the Supreme well, Court has well, ever well, seen. I mean, I know you've already said it, but why did they do that? Why did they do that? Knowing they're not stupid people, why did they do that? Knowing the massive uh, and dangerous and disastrous effect that having judges like this on a Supreme Court would have. Why would they do a thing like that? Because they. I say they're liberal about their liberalism. They don't believe that they have the right to stand up and insist on the legitimacy of their own positions. That, that well, they did on the legitimacy of your own position does not mean that you have to be disrespectful to other people. It doesn't mean that you have to be harsh towards other people. But it does mean that you say, this is where I stand, and I'm not going to go go further than this. You know, well, they I'm did going reject to stand uh, with this. And, and, and over and over again... They don't do that. They 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 feel um, that they don't feel certain enough, mm-hmm. and that has to do with a lack of a worldview. They um, the worldview that many liberals hold is the same worldview as the conservatives hold. It's that that we're living in a in a society that is fundamentally fair, fundamentally democratic, fundamental. Um, and uh, a society, a world, an economy in which you can make it if you really try, and particularly the ele- you know the elected officials uh, have to play to the people who have the money to get to give to them, and so they end up um, hanging out. Uh, I mean, even the most wonderful liberals end up hanging out with the richer people in their constituencies, mm-hmm. and that's they hear that worldview over and over again, and they and most of them end up buying it, buying the worldview that this is a, a meritocratic society that you can make it if you really try. But uh, um, they did, they did, they did uh, manage to reject uh, Bork, Robert Bork, you know, and uh, they there was a filibuster about um, Alito. Uh, so, and but what's it, in light of what you just said? What do you think about Bernie Sanders? He has a, does he have a worldview or a one note view? Uh, well, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm really happy that Bernie is doing as well as he's doing. Um, but uh, he has a very limited worldview. That, I mean, I, I think that if he were to, he he talks in as though people are only motivated by their material self interest, mm-hmm. and it's so. 
it's so fun. I mean, sad to me to hear him uh, avoid uh, critiquing the capitalist system in in a uh, in other levels besides its unfairness. Because the truth is that he would be far more popular if he could add to the un- the economic unfairness of the system an articulation of the way that the normal operations of a, the competitive market system mm-hmm. puts inside generates inside of everyone the sense that they have to they're alone that they have to struggle to ma- maximize their own advantage that everybody else is trying to make it and without regard to the consequences for others and that therefore the only rational way you can be is to make it and to, to try to look out for yourself, looking out for number one is the highest value. And this, this um, ethos of global capitalism and, uh, and American capitalism leads people to internalize a sense that they have no option, that the only way to be realistic in this, in this society is to look out for number one, maximize really, your own I, advantage. I, I should, but I that to... then undermines loving relationships. I have to. I have to. I'm sorry. I have to interrupt. We uh, yeah. we only have about a minute left. Okay. There's never yeah. enough time for these things. This is. Uh, you're listening to Rabbi Michael Lerner, who's editor in chief of Tikkun Magazine, and uh, author of uh, the national bestseller, The Left Hand of God, Taking Our Country Back from the Religious Right. So just in a. Um, I hate to sound like an NPR broadcast here, but just in a few in a few seconds we have left. Um, what would you what would you say in terms of uh, Scalia and praising him? I mean, do we need to praise somebody who just died? I mean, we don't, no, I'm sorry, why we do we need to praise somebody who just died? I don't praise I, I don't praise dictators around the world when they die. So why um, him? Yeah. Why, why should we praise a, a man who has been the um, who has uh, perverted American society in, in so many different levels, and who has stood uh-huh. for injustice? And has lied about it. He's put forward this idea of that I want to get to the original vision of the Constitution, right. and I want to support democracy. Except when, uh, when uh, it, so he was opposed to gay right. rights consistently, but when and said the reason I'm against that is because I want the legislatures to have democratic control over these kinds of decisions. But when the legislatures yeah. of the world come forward, of the United States come forward and say, we want to put restrictions on the amount of money that can be spent, uh, then he says, no, no, I'm not interested in democratic. I want to make sure that the corporations have uh, the ability to spend endless money. Okay, we have to, uh, I'm sorry, we're getting a signal yes. from the engineer. Uh, okay. Sorry I was so rushed, but uh, this is an interesting article. So uh, everybody, go to Tikkun magazine, T-I-K-K-U-N. Tikkun.org, yeah. Yeah, Tikkun.org, and check out this uh, article. Um, um, And there's also an attachment to it about praising people who just died and being civil to people who are uncivil to the rest of us. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Well, I beg your pardon for the state of 